welcome everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. Welcome back. It's Tuesday. We are going to talk real estate. We're going to talk business. We're going to talk Orange County. We might even talk a little politics and a little <laughs> turkey and cranberry. I don't know. We'll throw some stuff in. I'm Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and managing partner of Saywitz Properties. And if it's one thing I've learned in my 30 plus years of doing this, it's to try and surround yourself with good people, get good information, make good business decisions. And uh, we're going to try and do that again here today. And hopefully you leave with a little something that you didn't have before we started. Before we get going, I do want to do a couple of shout outs. Number one, I want to congratulate Paul and his Michigan Wolverines who won a big game over the weekend. He's wearing his hat and uh, his, his boxers and his socks. He's got the full garb going today. Thanks, Paul, for supporting the Michigan Student Union store and online buying. Also, I feel like we've had a full week, right? We had Turkey Day with Thanksgiving. We had Black Friday. Yesterday was Cyber Monday. Today is Giving Tuesday. Tomorrow, I think, is a rest day or whatever everybody needs to recover from what they've been doing. But I want to wish everybody out there a post-happy Thanksgiving. And as we enter the holiday season, uh, best wishes to everybody. So with that said, I want to welcome our guest, Ed Lee, uh, co-founder of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, one of the, I guess, oldest and most respected businesses here in Orange County, really been doing it for a long time, and uh, entrepreneur, philanthropist, business owner, all of the dad, husband, uh, all of the above. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming on. You've been longtime resident of Orange County and the business that you've built with your brothers really has become sort of a namesake in Orange County and then now spread to other states around the country. I, I want to rewind and, and, and go back to when it started because you got into the business at a pretty young age and really started as a family business and have grown it to something much more than that. When you first decided to do it, what was the thought or the idea? So it started, we, my family moved up here from Brazil, so we're Chinese Brazilians, and we moved here in 1975. So my dad has a restaurant down in Bobo Island. The property still belongs to the family, but we all grew up working in the restaurant business. Uh, um, from back of the house to front of the house, all the brothers, and, and I, including myself, worked every day there. But when I got into high school, I started surfing too. So the surf industry kind of really appealed to me. I love that industry. I worked for it in about 10 years. So the restaurant and surf companies were all the things I knew growing up. Yeah, Went to local high school, Newport Harbor to Vanguard University here. So I've been here since I haven't left Orange County since 1975, which is crazy. And you've seen it really grow. Oh, my gosh. Expansion is like there's all the orange groves are gone now. Right. But uh, uh, there used to be the um, the trash uh, uh, used to be here in Spyglass that's built on top of right. garbage. Every time I go up that hill, I'm like, man, this used to be where I dump all our trash. And now it's Spyglass. Yeah. And it's like crazy <laughs> stuff. Or, or Newport uh, Coast. But. The way Wahoo started is my older brother, Bismarck, unfortunately passed away early. Uh, he was a true entrepreneur. So he and I would spend countless hours because I didn't do well in school. He would come and talk to me all the time. He was an attorney, a very accomplished attorney, but he would come and 
hey, let's try this. And I would be his guinea pig. I'm like, hey, let's go do buffalo ranching. Like he wanted to the meet of the future. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go to Montana. We flew out to Montana, checked it out, and turned out Chinese people can't handle below zero weather. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, let's go home. <laughs> things like that. So we started a bunch of other things, import, export companies, but nothing worked out. I actually finished college, and then yeah, my mom and dad really wanted us to be lawyers. So Wing actually applied to law school. I applied to law school. I didn't get into a very good law school, but the the whole thing was going to be Lee, Lee, and Lee, you know, yeah. and that, and that was my parents' dream. But I talked to my older brother and said, "Look, you know, I it took me six years to finish college. I think it's going to take like." 10 years to finish, <laughs> finish law school. school right. I'm really scared about this whole thing. He goes, well, let's just think about this. So I actually took off to go surf Mexico. I'm pretty fluent in Spanish. So I was trying to negotiate a boat ride to uh, Todos Santos. And everybody at the docks were literally from Orange County. And you're like, whoa. And we're talking. They're eating fish taco, drinking Coronas. And, right. and back then, I think a Corona was like 25 cents. And you're like, oh. So we talked about it. And then, you know, nothing really no light bulb, nothing, but I had that thing in the back of my mind. I got home and I was talking to my other brother saying, like, I got to figure something out. And he's like, well, what would you like to do? I said, well, maybe we can do a restaurant. We can sell fish tacos. So Wing and I had to partner up and do walkers together. I mean, gotcha. it's a family business. So he's like, oh, if you talk to Wing and Wing says yes, and then I'll go talk to mom and dad. And that's how Wahoo started. And we were started. they in favor of you starting yeah. <laughs> there? They said, well, hey, we got a restaurant. Why don't you just yeah. come here? Right? Yeah, they're like, dude, we paid for all that college. We we wanted you guys to succeed, do other things in California, but not, not this. But that was a tough moment for my parents. But they also said, this is your last shot. I mean, don't mess around and you're going to owe us the money. And then you're going to go back to law school because that was the whole thing. Like, you know, I goofed around, went surfing all the time. And every time I come home, they goes, hey. You're going to get tracked together now, right? And I'm like, yeah, now I am done, mom. I don't need to. I just got back from Hawaii, so I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go back to school and finish. So mom and dad were not supportive. And then the second year, my little brother graduated from UCI here, and he was going to Hastings Law School. He is a lot smarter than Wing and I, so he was on the way to Hastings. And I convinced him to stay home and help us. Oh, your parents had to be thrilled about oh, that. Oh, they hated me for years it was years before they forgave me they goes you two idiots already you know are barely making a dollar now you suckered your little brother that the the guy my mom thought he was the chosen one he was going to be like a the governor of california one day i mean he's he's brilliant he's super super smart he's the kid that annoyed everybody because he we used to ditch to go surf and he'd be doing homework in the back of the car and you're like what the what are you doing? Right. He's like, oh, I got, I got to study, dude. <laughs> you know? uh, skipped grades, uh, finished UCI early because he was bored. You know, and like this kid is just, you know, probably the smartest one in our family. But when he stayed back, mom and dad were not a absolutely furious. But the year two thousand, we only had ten stores. We weren't doing super well, but we got chosen to be in the Merle Lynch commercial. And my mom and dad got featured in the commercial too. It went nationwide. And that's when they forgave us all. They're right, like, hey, right. Wait a second. It used to be uh, the, the typical Asian family. My mom and dad would go, this is the lawyer. They wouldn't even know our names half the time. <laughs> lawyer, doctor. Surfer. Ugh, you know, <laughs> ugh. The year 2000 goes, 
uh, these guys own Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Right, now they could be proud. <laughs> uh, my aunts and uncles, all are like, the, you know, I have a crazy family, a bunch of amazing, amazing, uh, uh, you know, engineers, architects, uh, lawyer, doctors. Uh, but then it all changed that year. That year was like, oh, my kids on Wahoo's Fish Taco, dude. You guys got nothing. Right. So my parents are super competitive. And then they became proud of us. My dad still wears a Wahoo's hat every day. Every day he wears a Wahoo's hat and cruises around town. And anyway, that's how Wahoo's that's got how started. Got, that's a good story. Yeah. That's a good story. I used to. I grew up in San Diego. We used to go down to Baja uh, all the time yeah. to Rosarito and uh, Puerto Nuevo yeah. and get fish tacos and lobster before they fished it out. And we, same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so... It's a culture, right? Yeah. And, and it ties in with Southern California lifestyle. It ties in with sort of the surfing genre and, you know, on top of the fact that it's good food and people yeah. like it. So it's been a, a good success, right? And you've received a, a lot of accolades from the industry, from your own industry, from the uh, restaurant industry, from I know the Business Journal and Ernst & Young and a bunch of these other things. And I think part of it is because it, it really is a success story where it's family business and built really from nothing and really were able to capture a, a marketplace and then uh, take it beyond just Orange County. So I guess let's go back then a, a little ways. So you're doing well, right? Got 10 plus stores, things are going good. And then now all of a sudden it becomes even bigger, right? And so what was the plan then as you enter into the early 2000s was, did you wake up one day and go, hey, we're gonna go nationwide with this thing or we're just gonna take it one store at a time and see where it goes? So. In, in 89, when Mingo joined our company, we were still talking about, hey, if we can have this two stores, we only had two stores at that point, and we literally just wanted to have that money to pay for our little surfing ventures, right. and we were pretty happy, but somehow we got, you know, my older brother convinced us to open one more store, we talked about it, and we opened our third store at Bristol, uh, in Costa Mesa, Bristol and Baker, and that sort of launched our career. Like, we thought, oh my gosh, we went from, let's surf, like you work this morning, I work that morning, you know, kind of, that was our scheduling. Like we weren't really planning. And then we launched Bristol and I was like, holy cow, this thing is actually a business. We can actually make money. money. <laughs> you know, and then it became, oh, if we open two, three, you know, let's see what happens. So when we got to 10, it was the hardest growing pain we've ever had. Uh, because we really didn't know, we knew how to run a restaurant really well, but we didn't know how to run 10. So we started to get advice from other restaurants. I joined the California Restaurant Association. I started getting involved with guys that ran like Outback and started learning. And when you start hearing their stories, and you're like, whoa, these guys got like a million stores nationwide. How do they do it? So we start, you know, tapping into that. And one day when we woke up 2000, we had the 10 stores and, and Mingo goes, maybe we can double it. But let's double it in the sense of three stores and see how that works and three more and see how that works. And, and, and then so we were signing only three stores at a time. Yeah. And then we had a crazy guy come up and says, can I be your franchisee? And we thought, all right, you know, we'll take a gamble. And we decided to open in Colorado. Because if something went wrong, we could go, eh. It's, you know, it's not here. <laughs> it was those idiots in Colorado, right. they don't know what to do with fish, you know. So we thought, okay, let's. it went crazy in Colorado. So we thought, oh, now we have a formula. So we were still learning and we started getting people. It, you know, then it became like, okay, I think we can start really running with this thing. And so I actually got consultants to help me with like real estate. I wasn't really good at it. So I made a lot of mistake with leasing, but now I'm trying to find people to help me with all that and teach me how to do leases. Yeah. And, and so 
one of the guys I still work with, uh, and he's been with us for a super long time, is Sandy Hall. I mean, Sandy's like taught me a lot about not only how to ask for things, but how to get things done with the landlord. Uh, so he represents us, you know, nationwide. Yeah. Uh, so we're learning, and then Mingle learned how to be a better CEO. Wing was doing all the marketing, so we had our pieces together. We got consultants to come in. Um, we, and all this cuts into the surf time, I think. Right? Oh, my gosh. We went from surfing all the time to the, the first year we didn't surf at all. Then we started surfing again, and then it stopped. And you're like, man, this thing is like not what we thought it would be, but we're buying houses like for ourselves. Right. We had a car. I mean, I didn't uh, – my first car was 2001. You know, I bought a, you know, a nicer car. I'm like, whoa, this is – this is okay. I'm like a real guy. Yeah. And we, we, I actually used to make fun of my little brother and I because growing up, we would, we would see somebody with a fancy car, fancy board, and wet seat, like, that guy can't surf, you know, that guy bought all the stuff, he's showing off, you know. But then he and I became that guy because <laughs> I was actually behind him. He was driving an expedition, I'm driving a BMW. We have coffee in the car, and I'm actually on the cell phone with him. Are you going out? Are you going to go out? Because it's cold outside. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, I'm going out. Like, oh. And then I watched this kid walk by us, and he was pointing at the car like, frick, Beamer? You know, like, loser. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, Mingo. Give it a few years. You'll said, be here. Yeah. He said, Mingo, man, we're them. He's like, what? He's like, dude, we remember when we used to make fun of people driving up on nice cars and with nice boards? And here we are with them now because, you know, and he started laughing. He goes, oh, my God, we are them, you know. And that's when I was like, oh, it's not exactly what we thought. But, you know, you start growing. And right. You have- so you took it from it really, it seems like it went from a restaurant to a business, right? And yeah. all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I got to be a businessman. I have employees, I have insurance, I have real estate, I have all these other things that go into running a business. And it's a business of being a, uh, of owning a restaurant, but at the same time, uh, you've got all these different layers of things. And then, you know, good news is you got your brothers to help, right? right. So you can offload and, and distribute the tasks. How did that go and how does that go today? Family, interesting stuff, you know, good and bad, There's yeah. a lot of really good things. And then it's still family at the end of the day. The funny thing is the three of us can surf still together. Now we're surfing more often together, but we can drink wine together. But at work, we're still brothers and we fight a lot. And we, we want each one of us have a sort of a thought of the direction we want to want to go. But Wing and I know that without Mingo, there's there's nothing. I mean, we know the kid, you know, he might be hard on us at times, but he's the one that runs the company. Wing and I have never ran Wahoos. Maybe that first year we tried the best we could. Uh, don't ask us how we made even a dollar combined together because Wing and I were horrible and all this stuff. And by the way, Wing and I both have college degrees, a finance major, I'm a marketing major, but we weren't even doing things properly. But Mingo came along and really settled us down and got our company going. Whether it was procedures or talking to like banks, he was a much better representation of Wahoos in the business world. I mean, people took him a lot more serious. Not that they didn't take Wing serious, but Wing would show up in shorts half the time. Right, and right. People and be sunglasses like, on the head. And, yeah. Uh, Back in the days when you're asking for $10 million, people would be like, what the frick? This kid is a moron. And Wing would be talking about marketing, what he can do with the money. And it sounded like he was just having a good time. Versus Mingo came in, dressed properly, and like, hey, you know, we're going to expand. We're going to buy real estate. We're going to lease properties we're going to lease things we're not going to we're not just going to take this money and go surf every day and so it was a difference between that and for me i was always in the middle between the two of them and i took the job and neither one wanted 
and that's dealing with landlords. <laughs> so they're like, lucky you. you. Yeah, lucky <laughs> me. One day I woke up and it goes, you're the real estate guy. I'm like, shoot, I don't like that stuff, you know, yeah. but I've actually become friendly with most of the real estate, I mean, landlords we have. And uh, we started learning how to buy a little piece here, buy a little piece there. And we, so we built a little side company with real estate too, and not a large company, but- with, And then is that with owning the real estate that the restaurants are in or investing in other real estate? No, uh, the restaurants the in, yeah. yeah, the restaurants are in. Yeah. So it's, uh, I go upstairs and yell at my brother, hey, you owe me rent, and it's, it's really easy to get it because they're upstairs. <laughs> like, hey, it's, it's the first, brothers, let's, let's go, you know. So it's kind of interesting, but all along, the one thing about uh, Mingo and Wing and I is that we, we always were open-minded to learn. So halfway through this process, about 20 years, 15 years ago, we also decided, like, we're not really good. You know, we already had, like, 30, 40 stores, but we weren't good at managing everything. So we actually got a board and got consultants to come in. And I, I just remember the first couple of days, they're like, you three idiots <laughs> how did you survive all this time we didn't have a true ceo we didn't really have a true cfo uh, we didn't have like hr we didn't have all these pieces and, and they listed all these things for us They're but like, we you guys got some work to do yeah so we weren't like offended by it but i can tell they wanted to call us other names but they're like oh let's just work with these guys and and including sandy sandy came in and he's like dude what are you guys doing you know like so one piece at a time, uh, now we have a CEO, Mingo is our CEO, but we have a CFO, so we divided that part right. before Mingo was doing both. I mean, Mingo did all that stuff, and he was head of HR in a lot of ways too. So we somehow were blessed that he navigated us to the point where we needed the extra help. So you're living proof of surrounding yourself with people that are smarter oh. than you, that Holy can help cow. you get from A to B, right? I mean, oh, is it, that's yeah. to me, being an entrepreneur is not necessarily that you're the smartest guy in the room, although everybody'd like to think that they are. Yeah. It's getting other people to help me get to where I want to go. Yeah, we learned that early on. I mean, that that's thank God that we learned early on that we needed help, and we've constantly that. I mean, the CRA, the California Restaurant, Association, made a lot of connections through that and listened to their stories, listened to how they expanded, including other family businesses. So when you're listening to them and understanding, obviously back in the 80s and 90s, much easier to open restaurants than today. Right, sure, of course. So navigating through all that, listening to them, listening like, oh my gosh, you have a, we didn't know what a district manager, all that stuff was learned through other restaurateurs that I was getting mentored by. And then of course, Sandy with real estate, Bamingo got, uh, David is still with us. David's now been probably with us a close to a decade, uh, but he's our CFO and now we have like, Hey, you know, if you don't turn in your paperwork, you know, you can't get you paid. paid. I'm, like, yeah, I'm like, what, dude? I hired your dumb. No, right. I'm just kidding. I'm like, dude, what? But these processes were all put in front of us, and now we became a legit. Company. I would say, that probably ten years ago, we had all the things in places, uh, including a better corporate office, better structure, and we were able to move and have the numbers all in line. Like, and so to us, that was. Yeah, so, became legit. Yeah, and so then, so, so so I guess here's my question. Then going forward, do you grow with just inherent controlled growth? I open a store here, I open a store there, as opportunities present themselves, as opposed to I need to grow because I just feel the need to grow. And then, do you grow through fran through continued franchises, uh, or is it both? I think both. So we now, well, today it's changed a lot since pre-COVID. 
I mean, COVID changed the dynamics of what we do. We should, we actually lost a lot of stores. But today, we, we, we took a break, a couple of years of break, and regroup ourselves. We renegotiated every lease we had. Yeah. So that took a long time, especially when you exited. You know, we exited 20 leases plus. So that took a long time. So next year, 2024, is about we don't need to grow. But if there's an opportunity we can't pass, yeah. then we'll take it. Like, um, you know, outside of the state, we're going to start talking to franchisees if they want to. But we're going to this time around go much slower at our pace. We really don't need to expand. Uh, the company's doing finally doing well again. But it took a couple of years to get here. So we don't want to be wasteful again. Uh, so we're going to make a couple of changes within California, refresh our, our brand a little bit. Uh, we're 35 years old. So and, and the stores that you have had, the original ones, are for the most part still there. Right? Still the Bristol, there. I mean, it's yeah. there. And the original store is in look over in the West Side Costa Mesa. We all, I grew, you know, we all grew up there. But I actually grew up working in that side of the world because the surf industry was in the West right, Side. Right, over, there. and I have a bunch of properties over there. It's funny because people, ah, oh, you don't want to be on the West Side. Oh, like, what no. are you talking about? No, I love the West Side. Yeah. I mean, all the shapers are in that area. Uh, uh, Greg Pouch, which was a, a great uh, boss and a great mentor in the old days of sh uh, learning about shaping boards. Peter Schroff was back there. Everybody was back there that surfed. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I consider West Side Costa Mesa Surf City, USA, back in the 80s. We won't and tell the, the mayor of Huntington that because oh, he yeah, was a guest yeah. on the show. But, oh, yeah. but that really is, I mean, there was uh, the boat repair places and there were clothing companies and Billabong, surf companies, right? Billabong, Ruka, right? Ruka was there. And the reason why I always say it's not, let's say, surf city, but there were more professional surfers there in a given day than anywhere else in the world because they had to come in and talk to their sponsors. And that's how, like, Wahoo's sort of tagged along. Uh, Mike Lesher, which was uh, his wife, was one of my ex-boss, and so he was VP over Billabong. He literally helped launch Wahoo's. So Mike came in, ate some food, and it's like, dude, this is what you're doing for a living. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I'm a cook. <laughs> so he, you know, so he went back, got Bob Hurley to come out. Bob and him had lunch, and they loved it. And we did a catering for for Billabong back in the days, and that literally launched Wing and Ice career. I mean, because it bit. got you exposed to all the people. Oh in the industry. yeah, he goes, dude, you know, remember Ed? He's flipping tacos, man, and and we went from like. Uh, you know, 500 bucks a day to like $5,000 a day. It was just like in one week period of time. We like, um, they used to have a surf show down in San Diego ASR. So we, Wednesday we did the catering for Bob or Tuesday and then they were gone. And that weekend it was like, holy cow, we must have offended everybody because it was dead empty in Wahoos, like huh. dead empty. It was the worst weekend. And Monday wing and I'm like, maybe we have to start thinking about shutting down or what do we, what did we do wrong? To offend all these people because we had customers and and uh, we opened the doors and there was a freaking line out the door we had to call pops everybody that we possibly could so what happened was the whole surf industry left for san diego and that was most of our customers because they then, went to the surf show and then at that surf show you got you know bob hurley you got mike lesher you know mike is like one of the three guys in the world that can make me do whatever they want but mike told people hey ed is over at uh, Wahoo's and, and slowly every day people start coming in and Mike through Jack Flynn gave us like little banners to put up at the wall. Yeah. And that. That really took off. Oh my gosh. Then you got Quicksilver. I need to put a banner there. You had like O'Neill, uh, like Tim Bernardi's of the world. Uh, Jimbo is like, dude, we need to put a, something, a sticker here. They're right. like, we would like to take credit for all that stuff, but the surf industry really took us under their wing and uh, we then from there it's just 
Now we're part of the surf culture. Right. Uh, and then now, if it's a new company that comes out, mm-hmm. now you know you've made it when they're, when your sticker or your banner's on the wall at Wahoo's, yeah. right? That's like a, a thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Even the guys from Ruka. That's it. That is true. So I, I know those guys from way Volcom was created literally uh, uh, inside of Wahoo's. I, I remember him sketching all the stuff for Volcom, and I was shocked. And, and the kid launched it, and now obviously... And those are all great success stories. And and, I mean, whether it's vans that's tied in with the surf culture as well. I mean, it it really, uh, Orange County, in addition to the orange groves once upon a time, really the the surf industry really was born and bred here. For sure. And it's it's been, uh, I guess, a great ride. I mean, so the plan for 24 is grow at some reasonable pace. And then have you guys started talking about exit strategy for yourselves or are you comfortable um, with where you're at today and you finally got to a place w- of peace? Well, we're in good spot, but, you know, I sort of semi-retired from Wahoo's a little bit so I can take a step back. So six years ago, I took a step back because we weren't expanding. So we thought maybe it's time to just kind of think about what we want to do. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm not super wealthy by any means, but I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm, but... I decided to um, open other restaurants, um, but I've done that all along with Wing and Mingo. We've opened, but six years ago, I opened Toast Kitchen and Bakery, Costa Mesa, and I have another location here in Tustin. And, and the reason was, I was like, since Wahoo is not expanding, I was going to partner up and help other chefs. And that was, I've been mentoring other chefs for a long time, but I met John Park and I thought, hey, I like this kid, you know, maybe I can do something with him. He was the first time in a while. Um, I also start, helped start Rooster Cafe, the Kish Bar. Um, I helped Ross over Mix Mix, but I wanted to do something else besides Wahoo. But the other stuff is all with my brothers. But six years ago, Wink couldn't afford to play with me anymore financially because he um, got remarried. He has Levi now, um, and I, children are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and Mingo's, both his daughters uh, uh, were walking into college. So he's like, dude, I'm not, I can't afford to play with you anymore. So you can do those projects on the side. And they're doing really well. So. And, and so uh, is there a vision that uh, anyone or everyone's kids would go into the family business? Because now yeah. you sort of put yourself in your parents' position, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, hey, I got a business here. Maybe you want to do something. And then So we talked to all my older brother's daughters. Um, none of them right now want to be part of the business. And then Wing has Greg, and I'm not sure if he's going to come back. But my son graduated from UCI. He worked for me one summer. And that summer, he worked uh, for a friend of mine, Brian Husky, which owns the Jetty. And I wanted to make sure that he understood. He worked with his mom. And he ended that summer. He said, man, ah. No, no go. Dude, <laughs> this is hard work. And I was in my mind going, dude, you're crying and you work six-hour shifts. I mean, this is nothing. Six hours like a warm-up chef, you know. And, and he came home. And he was already a straight-A student. So he's not like. This is a light bulb moment, but for him, he's like, no. So now he's a dual engineer major from UCI. He's got a master something from Columbia. <laughs> he's working at through a program through Harvard for a business degree because he wanted to make sure that, man, when I go to work, it's 9-5, but I am not going to be on call because he watched me be on call 24-7. Right, right. When you own there. your own business, it's never yeah. ending. right? It's, it's, yeah. you, don't get to, you get to leave the office, but you don't get to leave it behind. Yeah. The favorite moment with him was we we're in Italy and I there was a nine one one call, we got sued. I'm in a corner just drunk, drunk and I'm holding onto the wall drinking wine and I'm on the cell phone because it's the only spot that and when my little service. brother calls and you're overseas, you know something bad happened. And I'm like, Hey man and 
Beth is watching me talk. I'm like, man, I'm wasted. What, what the hell? She said, don't do anything until I get my tushy home. So don't do it. And that moment kind of like, there's another lightning bolt moment for him because he's looking and going, we're on vacation, dad. You're like, not even Can't making behind, sense. Yeah. You're not even making any sense. Like you're verbally going, blah, 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 blah. And, and he's like, oh my gosh. So now he goes on vacation. He knows he doesn't, he doesn't have to return people's call. Or maybe he does. I don't know. But he's, that's the difference between uh, being your own boss yeah. and, and having a job. But and, he uh, to he, each his own. Yeah. But he maybe in a couple of years he'll come back. Uh, so the game plan still mingle. Thank God he's uh, five years younger than me. So he's you know, yeah he's going to turn fifty five. So that's pretty young still. He's got at least a decade in him. You know if he wanted to work for, for a little bit longer. And Wing's got a decade in him too. But we need to, Mingo needs to stay, still be in charge of Wahoos at least five more years. And then we have the chance, whether it's my kid or his kids, or someone else steps up and says, maybe I'll run it for, yeah. for the family. And it will be great if they did. I mean, um, it would be interesting. Uh, I, I love all the kids that, that are right behind my Mine is, happens to be now. He can literally right, start yeah. grooming them to start taking positions in the company. But I think with like my nieces, it would be great if they worked outside first, like my kids. And, and see somebody else's yeah. business and how it's run and yeah. then come in and do different positions. To or sort of just the ability, you can be fired. Yeah. You, know, you don't get to come in and go, hey, I own the place. Right. That's why I didn't want better to work for us because then he, he would get a feel like, okay, I got this. Um, now I know what it's like to be in the real world where you can get fired. He's an engineer here in yeah. the local Irvine. So, um, yeah, it'd be it'd be so cool to have him back. It'd be cool to work with him, but yeah, I don't know. So uh, we could do another show on yeah. family businesses. Uh, I've worked with my brothers and my father. And <laughs> I had my son do an internship over the summer and got his. I found his notes from when he sat in on meetings, and some of them were very interesting, and others were you don't want to repeat them. And so yeah, yeah we'll see how that goes. But so we only have a couple of minutes left. Yeah. I told you it would go pretty quick. I, I want to talk uh, a little bit about the real estate um, since you, you have dealt with that. You are dealing with that. Certainly COVID puts a spin on it. California, very expensive place to do business, period. Um, and in terms of the real estate, I mean, it, it really is the biggest piece really for any business uh, after salaries uh, in terms of oh. cost, right? A line items. We tell our clients that all the time. Real estate's like your second biggest exposure. And when you sign a lease, you, you have locked in for a multi-year deal, whether that's five years, 10 years, whatever it is. So if you make a mistake or you left something on the table, you pay for it for a long, long time. You don't get to come back in six months and go, wait a minute, I forgot to ask for right. this, right? And so now post-COVID era, right, people ask me all the time, so is retail back? Are people going out? And I guess I would ask a guy who you know has a retail restaurant business, is business back and are people coming out and eating and spending money? You hear about it on TV all the time. I spent a bunch of money yesterday on Cyber Monday. <laughs> I'm not going out tonight. After COVID, the first year, of course, everybody came out in floods. We had a record year that that right after COVID. But then now it's back down to normal. We're actually about 8% below last year. But that's normal in our industry right now. Which the crazy thing is, I think people maybe spent all their money or still buying big ticket number not so the food industry the restaurant industry is kind of tapering off and people are buying more online the next generation including my kid uh prefers cyber monday than black friday yeah i mean black friday the mall was busy 
but not like last year or the year before or before COVID, like, you know, people lining out the door. Right. That's kind of gone. You know, there's still a lot of people in the malls, thank God. But I think retail is not what I don't think it's ever going to recover. And because that is the next generation, uh, they also this this generation, they like the food delivered. Yeah, they prefer, and they don't care if they pay ten dollars more. I agree. No, my son's a big fan of. Uh, I'm too lazy to go get the I food. Know. I'll just call. Yeah, and you're just going. That's crazy. I don't like ordering things online, but my wife's like, okay, if you go to the store, it's thirty bucks. If I get it online, it's eighteen bucks. You're like, how do they? You know, obviously we don't like. But you're like, Ugh. and I can sit on the couch and do yeah. it, right? So and the struggle, wait. yeah, the struggle in me is like, damn it. All right, I'll take it. Just order it online. <laughs> just order my. I just got new running shoes online because you know. But it's like it, it, that's that's unfortunately the. I think where we're headed. That's why a lot of malls still, and not in Southern California, but throughout this country, are still dark. But I find that you know people going out to restaurants, right? I mean, the cost of going to a restaurant for for anybody who eats in a restaurant, the cost has you know gone up dramatically. The six dollar burger does not exist anymore. No. Um, um, that's been gone for two, three years. So it shows uh, you what I know. I don't get yeah, out much. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, you know, for 2024, we're looking at real estate outside of the state. because we're Which is at, much cheaper. Yeah. And you get into, I, I, I find, because uh, we do stuff all over the country, that you find a more balanced real estate market where you have motivation by landlord, motivation by tenant, versus in Southern California, it's here you go, take it or leave it. Right. Uh, it's a very difficult barrier to entry. Uh, and if you were going to try and build a uh, chain of restaurants in Southern California today, I mean, really tough, tough goings. Uh, absolutely. Like my, I talked to my kid and I said, you need part of your portfolio as you're growing. Real estate is part of it. You need to have some real estate. Um, so he thinks about it. But we're talking about let's go to Texas together. Let's go to the Utah's door. Let's go look around. Um, we're not going to buy anything yet. I mean, he's only been working two years uh, to try to put his savings aside. He's getting married next year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, but I said, it, you know, he's he's going to start building a little portfolio way younger than I did. I mean, yeah, I, and, uh, and that's, look, then if there's an exit strategy, I keep the real estate or if nothing else, I've built a nest. Correct. Egg. And so, then if it's properties where you can't own it because you're dealing with, uh, we won't mention names, or yeah. buying company that, where you can't <laughs> buy it, right? You have to rent <laughs> and you know the rent always, for the most part, goes up. But then it becomes an issue of location, right? So if I have an A-plus location, I will pay the freight because I can still make money in the model. The issue becomes if I have to pay high real estate and I'm not, it's just a struggle and it's a very thin deal. Yeah. Um, th- those are those are tough ones to keep long term. Yeah, but yeah. So in Orange County, I think we still have a couple places we would like to open, but our focus is going to be outside the state, just a little short term to see where we can find. And the family is eager to at least work with the younger generation about accumulation of a couple properties. We're not talking like, hey, let's have a big portfolio, but yeah. all of us realize, uh, and that comes from my older brother. My older brother always always instilled in us especially with me like hey buy some real estate make sure you have it you don't have to have 20 30 pieces four or five could be enough and yeah. and, and he's right There's- well and you can and you control the real estate so and you're your own best tenant right yeah. and so uh and if you do out of state i find the prices are much cheaper so the bank is less uh you know they're asking less questions because it's not as big of a yeah. bite to to, to to, or a big of a piece to, ch- to bite off because uh, yeah. it's not as big of a number. 
Yeah, so. no, I, I love it. I love going out to, and uh, and it'll be fun to travel with my kid and go, hey, let's look around and get ideas about. But right now I'm really loving Houston. Um, there's a large Asian community there and we like the, like the, the demographics fits what Wahoos can do. So I like that. I like Austin very a, well, a Texas lot. Texas is a booming market. I know. And, um, you know, of course, Dallas, uh, Plano, like all those areas are just. And, and the funny thing I'm finding out is, well, I hope they don't become California out there, but there's a lot of Californians out there, especially by uh, by Dallas. You know, the Toyota factory, when, when you know, you go out there and you're driving and you're talking to the kids like, oh, it's Wahoos. It goes, oh, my God, I, I grew up eating Wahoos in Orange County. You're like. What? There you go. I've been here for five years, dude. When you come and open, and like, so there's a lot of people that have left California, and they're in. Whether it's by the way, the other place I like a lot, I haven't been there, I've never been there. It's Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. booming market there as well. Yeah. Who so, knows? Maybe you'll come back full circle. Maybe you might be due for another trip back to Montana just to see the yeah, buffalo. <laughs> I actually showed up like this, and I'm at the airport, Billings, and the airline goes, you're not going to be able to walk to yeah. the to the car. To it's the it's car. cold. It's, and, but I said, it's sunny. She's like, you better find some clothes to wear right now. And I'm like, the door open. I went, yeah. oh, my God. I, had, I actually, you know, still pay phone days. I get my two quarters in there. I'm like, Bismarck, dude, this thing is it's below zero. He goes, no, it can't be. I'm like, dude, the wind chill factor. I didn't know what that was until yeah. I went to Montana. There's a wind chill factor. And they took me to a Kmart or somewhere like that and got a jacket. The first thing I bought was a yeah, jacket. That, that, that'll send you home quick, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I was there only for two days. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, enough. that was enough. It was the first time I, I used a firearm, too. They, they took me to the ranch. It, it was really a cool experience. I, I had such a great privilege growing up with my older brother because I got to do things that no i went to hong kong right out of college too we did a, we're doing an import exporting company he sent me to hong kong i get there and we got completely ripped off but it wasn't my fault so i called him like a, we were supposed to have an office all set up i get in then there's an oil barrel and a phone on top that was it oh, so i man. get on this you know like ring, ring. hello bismarck he goes, yeah, I goes dude i'm not even kidding there's an oil barrel and a phone here we lost fifty thousand dollars that month Right, and back then was this is nineteen eighty. Right? It was a lot, a lot of money. So I come home, and you think my brother be like, "What the like we would be?" He got out of the, I got out of the plane. Man, he like shoot, we gotta gotta yeah, come up not, with something else. Yeah, we're not going back to Hong Kong so no, quick. Not for it, but. I am so thankful that Wahoo's work because my mom and dad, <laughs> the initial investors, Bismarck was the, the the glue behind us to make sure find you know we could do this you know. But yeah, I've had I can tell you a million stories about hanging out with that guy. We may have to have you come back. <laughs> We're uh, we are out of time today. Yeah. But I, I I mean I find it interesting because you are living proof of family sticking together and keep trying until you get it right and yeah. surrounding yourself with good people and sometimes you got to make some mistakes along the way oh, yeah. and uh, fortunately you're doing well and and i appreciate you coming on the show and well, thank you sharing the stories and and uh, your thoughts and i wish you much continued success for you and your family and the business and happy holidays and thank you. uh anything else i can throw your way <laughs> well thank you yeah thanks well thanks for having me here but you know i like to finish with this because this is the best country in the world. I mean, I'm a Chinese Brazilian immigrant to this country, and I always tell other people we are the American dream. Yeah, like we fulfill that dream, and it's amazing. And, I love and especially in today's environment, there are a lot of bad things going on 
in a lot of places around the world, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Absolutely. And, um, we can always do better, but, you know, this is a good place to be yeah. in. Here in Orange County, the sun is out, and it'll be a nice warm day, not like Bismarck, and uh, we'll yeah. go enjoy it. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks uh, for all of our viewers and our listeners for tuning in today. I want to thank everybody here at OC Talk Radio for making the show happen, as always. And as we go into the holiday season, please enjoy yourselves and be safe. And we'll see you back here next week on Let's Talk Real Estate. There you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.